Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I am your host, Winston Wittis, and I'm here today with a very special theme. Today's theme is... Not that. Sorry. Um, Today's theme is chasing your dreams, living your purpose, dealing with beeps that annoy the heck out of you, but you must do what you must do anyway, in spite of those great challenges. Okay, they're not that great, but sometimes they can feel great, right? I'm going to give you some examples. You can feel free to, to insert your own as well, because... Sometimes it's the little things that can be the most frustrating. Sometimes it's the big things that can be more frustrating. Sometimes you can just feel frustrated for no reason at all. At least sometimes I do. But maybe there's reasons. They're just not always so easy to to see or to recognize. Let me give you some examples. So, this weekend, I... Worked most of the weekend. I had a DJ gig on Saturday night, which means that I was downloading music and preparing Friday night, which means that I was kind of stressed out and not super fun to be around Friday night or Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon until I got to the gig. And then I worked the gig all day and all night. Got home late, was still wired, stayed up late, fell asleep. I think three in the morning on uh, Sunday morning. And then I was pretty burnt out and tired most of the day Sunday. Ended up sleeping half the day. And then by the time I woke up, it was kind of ready to unload my gear from the gig, which I hadn't done. So, uh, and then it was time to watch a few shows and go to bed. So basically, although I did make extra money this weekend, which was really nice, and I did get to test out some of my new equipment, which was also really nice. It was also like I didn't get a weekend, kind of, sort of, because I got to go to breakfast with Elena Bradley on Sunday morning, but I was honestly really tired and a little bit cranky. And, uh, yeah, my goal was to play all day with Bradley because I hadn't really gotten to spend too much time with him over the last week, but I was so tired. I, I literally could not keep my eyes open. I fortunately our neighbor she's a friend of Bradley's they play and she was able to come over and they played the whole time while I slept which is great did I feel like a jerk yeah yeah I did but I also I also need sleep too it it turns out even I need sleep as I have to remind myself even I can't can't function on five hours of sleep or less for very long like it catches up And Sunday was the catch-up day. And I still went to bed early and woke up this morning tired. So, it reminds me of this quote I read about this guy was talking about how, you know, it's so important for him to eat healthy food during the day when he's at work because if he doesn't, if he's not taking good care of himself during the day with, with food and with energy levels, by the time he gets home, he's spent. He's too tired to play with his boys and he said he's really cheating them if he's eating junk food or doing things that are gonna leave him burn out at the end of the day and that struck a chord with me because you because it's just 
feel like that's a sad thing, you know, and that's not the way that I want to be, burnt out and tired, but that's, you know, sometimes that is how I feel. And sometimes it's just because I'm putting in long hours. So why am I putting in long hours? Isn't it for him? Isn't it for my family so that I can have more money, so we can have more freedom, so we could have more cushion in case of a, uh, you know, financial, in case of any kind of emergency. A lot of, as as I've learned in my experience that, um, you know, money can come in darn handy when there's like a health emergency because that stuff costs money. And a lot of it, like, it can cost a fortune. It's literally a fortune. It can go real quick, as I've seen. So, um, so, what's the point? The point is your dreams and living them and figuring out what they are if you're not clear. How do you figure them out? How do you get on purpose? How do you, how do you make progress towards those without sacrifice oh wait you have to sacrifice in most cases I would guess but it's that's not necessarily a bad thing sometimes sacrifice can be good sometimes it's it's just what it takes it's part of the process right it's it's getting clear on what is the really important stuff and what is the stuff that's important but not as not as important it's prioritizing right so um, another example that, that comes to mind for myself, maybe you can relate, is uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Now, if you don't do Jiu-Jitsu, it's okay. Just uh, just go with me here for a minute. So, I love Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I've been training now for about three years, I think. And it's great. It keeps... And, and to tie back to the energy story, the energy theme here, uh, when as Bradley was getting faster, so he was like two turning three that kind of range he was getting quicker you know more mobile being able to crawl faster being able to kind of stand up and walk and then all of a sudden like the whole house is is accessible to him you know and I could just start telling that he was only going to get faster right as he gets bigger he's going to get faster and I'm gonna have to try to keep up with this kid and at the time I was 30 pounds heavier than I'd ever been in my whole life and I never had a problem with weight like that. I'd always felt like I was a little overweight for where I wanted to be, but never that overweight. And I really could not, I really could not drop it. And um, and so I made a decision. I was like, man, I got to do something. I got to do it now because if I don't do it now, it's just going to get harder and harder. And so that's when I started training jujitsu was to lose weight primarily to get my energy up. And it worked. I lost the weight and I'm back to my normal, uh, you know, normal weight and energy levels are definitely better than they were, a lot better than they were. And I attribute that to jujitsu and literally getting my butt kicked and eating better, drinking less as a result because drinking before going and training is a horrible, horrible idea, at least at my age. I feel it for real. I feel it. And so I got back on that. But here's the other thing. So, okay, so there's jujitsu, right? And um, when you get to a, you know, there's this, uh, I train with a competition team, and these guys are awesome. And not everybody competes, but a good amount of them do. And there's a big competition coming up. And, you know, 
on the one hand, I would really like to compete. It'd be really fun and great opportunity to test myself and push myself. On the other hand, I'm scared to death of it. Not, not for, well, for the reason of, well, in 2014, some of you know this story, but uh, my wife had some really major health issues. And it started with something that was not major at all. She went to the dentist, normal dentist routine. Then she had some some cavities, um, some that she was going to need to get some um, uh, root canal on. So anyway, so she had just like the introductory procedure, not even the full-on thing, but it just kind of tweaked something with her because she had to keep her jaw open. And anyway, it messed things up. One thing led to another, and one thing led to another, and one thing led to another, and she was in agonizing pain completely out of commission and that went on for a year just about like almost exactly a year with all these different things that had gotten swept up in this health issue and uh you know so there are a lot of doctors involved and doctors are not cheap for the most part and we went through basically our whole life savings plus our retirement plan savings and you know that's kind of a, not a fun thing to go through. It can be quite scary. Fortunately, she's alive and well today, and so that's awesome. And we're rebuilding. So, so I think of things like this jujitsu tournament. And on the one hand, it's you know it's not really a very big deal. It's not like people are trying to hurt each other for the most part. Most people compete and don't ever get hurt. But for me, it's scary because it's like it doesn't take you know, there's a lot riding on my health, <laughs> right? I'm the, the, the breadwinner, so to speak, of my family. And I have a child and a wife and another child on the way. And they are, as the tax law would put it, dependents. So they are dependent upon my income. My wife does work part-time as well, so that's definitely helpful. But here's the point, um, or one of the points. So... The, for me, the risk outweighs the reward for jiu-jitsu. I love it. I train it. I want to be good the best that I can be. Do I need to compete at a tournament to feel that, you know, to feel that sense of like what I'm... Oh, guy. Oh, yeah. So just a quick reminder, friends. I do these calls from uh, my car <laughs> sometimes, these, these uh, podcasts just allows me to be in the zone in the moment of when I'm thinking and ranting on this stuff. Okay. So, so this idea of there's only so much time in the day and I want, so I did this gig, right? I'm bringing it all together. You guys know how I roll. Got to kind of go out through the weeds and take a, take a roundabout or walk about and then come back to the point here. So jujitsu, I love it. It's important to me. But let's say I jam a finger, which I've done, which I still have a finger that regularly pops because it's the joints effed up, for lack of a better term. Excuse, excuse the uh, phrase. But I need my fingers to do certain things. As a musician, as a magician, my fingers need to work in certain ways. And those movements, some of them are very fine movements, so fine motor skills, right? That I've developed over my entire life for the most part, right? As a professional musician, as a music major, 
as somebody who's been performing professionally for 20 years. And, um, and it doesn't always seem like that big a deal, like, oh, my finger got jammed or, you know, this or that. But then when I do certain movements, certain movements that require some of these fine <laughs> movements, fine motor skills, I notice a difference. It's like now that this one knuckle is larger because it's been popped or because it got jammed or whatever, my hands, my fingers do not fit together the same way that they previously did. Now for someone who is just a jujitsu player or just doing these other kind of things, they might never notice that. Or maybe they notice, but it doesn't really have that big an impact for them. But for me, with, with this other skill that I have and that I have put very much time and energy into developing, that little centimeter of a difference makes quite a big impact on what I'm trying to do here. So now all these fine motor skills that I've been developing, I have to adjust them because my hands don't fit the same way that they used to. My fingers don't fit together the same way that they used to. So there comes this point where, where these two different things that I love are kind of in competition for, for each other, with each other, for my attention and for my, for my energy, for my focus. Do I want to be a jiu-jitsu champion? Heck yeah, that'd be cool, right? That'd be awesome. But do I want to put into it what it really takes to become a jiu-jitsu champion? Do I want to be, and there's, okay, guy, all right. Um, do I want to be a jiu-jitsu champion more than I want to be a professional musician, perform, electronic music performer, artist, slash magician, slash speaker? Is, can I do both, right? Can't I just do both? I don't know. You tell me. Can I? To a degree, probably. But at some level, I think you got to choose which one's more important. I think that when you, the higher up that ladder you want to move, the more you have to sacrifice and make sure that that's your number one priority. Because there's so many people that get into things as hobbyists, and there's nothing wrong with that. You want to be a hobbyist or you want to just do it for fun or whatever, that's cool. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You just got to recognize, I think, that... So, for so for example, have you ever seen a show like American Idol? American Idol, you know, they got singers out there and they have singers who are good. They have singers who are great. And then they have singers who should never have been on stage in the first place. However people led them to believe that they were good and they believed it and then the show puts them on and basically embarrasses them and lets them know oh by the way you suck you're horrible you have no business being on stage it's a messed up game it's really actually pretty pretty messed up but what's the point what was the point the point is when you're when you realize <laughs> <laughs> when you realize you're the one that's not that good or maybe you're good but not not nearly as good as these other people do you you know it's cool keep on singing you suck but who cares you're singing in the shower and your parents think you're great keep singing right who cares 
but you want to move up to that next level, okay, well, let's say you're one of the people who's good, but not great yet, but you have that potential to be great. Now, if you totally love singing, that's your thing, and that's all you want to do, and that's all you want to be, and it's all you've ever dreamed about, by all means, you know, do what it's going to take. You need to get lessons. Okay, you don't have money for lessons, so what are you going to do? You're going to get an extra job? You're going to sell some of your crap? You're going to, you know, do some kind of trade or barter with a singer who can help you and train you? Or is it something you like, but uh, you'd rather go play video games or you'd rather go drinking at the bar and do karaoke and just like thrash your vocals? I don't know. For me, it's like, okay, I've been a professional DJ and musician for a long time and I do love it, but I'm I'm also at the point with that where I don't want to do it that way for much, actually at all. I'm done. I'm done. This this was my second to last gig on the books. I got one more on the books and then I'm done with that chapter of my life. I've lived that part of my dream to an extent. Professional musician, professional DJ, full-time musician, teaching, playing, performing. I got to do that for a long time. But then... Even with that, I came to a point where it's like, okay, is this really all there is? Is this what I aspire to be? Or have I kind of hit the plateau in this regard? If I want to take it to the next level, what do I have to do to get there? Well, if it's going to take a certain amount of time, and there's only so much time in the day, and I have all these things I like to do, which is the thing that's going to get the time that's going to make that thing happen, right? If I want to be a championship jiu-jitsu player, then I'm probably going to have to work out more than I am. I'm probably going to have to start running or doing some kind of thing to get up because the, the competition is. If they want it more than I do, they're out there running stairs. Or they're doing jump rope. They're training every day. Right now, I'm embarrassed to say I've been training once a week. Not even my three times a week, not even twice a week that I was my minimum, minimum, minimum. So how can I even, like, I would be the guy telling myself, you're great, you're good, you could do this, you could be a world champion. And then going out there and literally getting my butt handed to me by somebody that took it serious and was training the whole time, right? It's not a game at that point. It's not a game when you're out in the mat and the, the ref says fight and you haven't put in the time. I haven't put in the time. That's when the, the rubber hits the road or my face hits the mat, right? That's no fun. It's not, it's not fun in any way, shape, or form. But at least I have the, the wherewithal to recognize that, right? I'm not going to put myself in that position. Being embarrassed on, on a show like that, of course, that would be horrible. That would be embarrassing. Being embarrassed on the mat and or getting seriously hurt because I haven't put in the time that's like just stupid. That's stupid. And I'm not going to play that game. So I have to be serious. If I'm not going to compete, then I got to put in the time to compete so that I'm in shape and that I'm my brain is sharp, right? So is that what I want to do with my life? Do I want to try to pursue this? <laughs> now, again, this is not, you know, I'm, am I taking it too seriously? Shouldn't this be fun? Isn't that the point, Winston, for it to be fun? Yes, that is the point. Do I sound like I'm having fun just like getting myself all worked up about this? No, no, I'm not. Kind of stressful. Not really. It's okay. But I think you get the point, guys. So so what is what is your dream that 
what are the, what's your dream that you maybe you're afraid to tell other people or maybe you're already chasing it maybe you're already living your dream and are you fully f- fulfilled with it is it like man this is exactly what it what it should look like this is exactly what it should feel like or is there still some like something's missing or it's close but you know I'm not all the way there and if that's the case what does it take to get to that next level I had an interview with one of my friends DJ Ideal Tomas Serrano um, back in I don't know maybe four or five months ago and he's somebody who's reached a very high level in the electronic music industry he's a DJ and a producer he's got a record label now they uh, did some work with Snoop Doggy Dog so real deal guy you know he's been in the industry for a long time and we had a chance to ask him about sacrifice and about what it takes to make it you know and he was very honest and open about it all the sacrifice he's made and all the things he's put on hold so that he could do what he does and for people who ever think about getting into that industry and there's a lot there's a lot of people that come and go in the music industry like with most industries I think but with the entertainment industry it's so enticing it's so glamorous it's so you know accessible too to a certain degree especially with technology and being a DJ everybody's a DJ you know you can ask anybody yeah I'm a DJ okay cool what's that mean it means I have a computer and I push these buttons and then it mixes the music for me okay great well once upon a time ago that wasn't what it meant like you had to have vinyl you had to have record players you had to be able to mix two beats together manually you had to be able to have skill to hear the beats and align it in a meaningful way and that art is pretty much gone for the most part there's people that still do it you know I mixed CDs last night but the, of course the vinyl people would be like oh CDs don't count but then people see my controllers and be like well you're not a DJ you're a controllerist okay cool <laughs> whatever for me, that, that title is not that important. I'm not really too concerned about being a, quote, DJ versus being an artist or being a whatever. Point is, friends, point is, what is that next level for you? And is there something that you have to sacrifice or give up to be able to do it? And if so, what is that thing that you're willing to give up to do it? If you want to lose weight, what are your... Somebody said to me, one of my coaches, or um, someone said uh, that you can never out eat, you, you can never outwork your mouth. Meaning, if, no matter how much you're working out, if you're putting junk in your mouth or eating too much, you can never burn off enough calories. And that stuck with me. And over the past maybe month now, a couple months, I've been gluten free for the most part which I definitely feel a difference for, for myself. And then I've cut out a lot of dairy products. So um, not totally vegan, but definitely cut out a lot of cheese. I see a lot of cheese. I love cheese. It's delicious. But I noticed a difference. I've, I'm more ripped than I've probably been since high school. And a large part of that, I believe, is because I cut out the gluten and cut out a lot of dairy. And as I told you, I haven't been working out that much. So... So that's, that's a sacrifice I'm making for myself to have the kind of body and energy that I want. Because I determined that's something I'm willing to sacrifice. Cut out gluten? Sure, I'll do that. I'll give that a shot. 
and I noticed a difference, so I'm keeping it. Cutting out dairy, yep, noticed a difference with that too, so keeping that minimal. So these are, that's kind of the thing I wanted to share with you today is if there's a dream that you have and you haven't achieved it yet, or maybe you're working on it and maybe it's a long-term dream, and I totally get that. So are you putting in the kind of time that's going to get you there? Are you putting in the kind of energy that's going to get you there? And if not, what are the things that you have to cut out or that you choose to cut out, I should say, right? So um, one more last example before I wrap it up today is TV time. We watch a fair amount of TV at night, like three hours, I would guess. Uh, yeah, probably about three hours, right? At night, at home, when we're like winding down. But I rarely am just watching TV, unless I'm really tired. But for the most part, I've got some kind of magical thing that I'm working with my hands, keep my hands in shape, or I've got the mat out on the floor and I'm doing drills or doing stretches or something that is moving my skills forward. Because if I know I need roughly 10,000 hours to master something, where is that time gonna happen? How am I gonna make that time into my day? So while I'm doing consulting calls, I've usually got something in my hands, I'm working some kind of magical slides or magical moves because that's eight hours, 10 hours a day that I'm on the phone making these calls. And while they are still getting my full attention, and this is this occurred to me this morning. Okay, final final thought. This is a big one though. Um, it occurred to me like, you know, we one of my uh, my supervisor or her supervisor, somebody said something to the effect of, you want to make sure you're giving your clients or your students 100% focus. Which of course we all agree. Yeah, you've got to give your students 100% focus. And then I caught myself, you know, doing this sleight of hand magic stuff while I'm talking to a student, and I thought, well. If somebody saw me, they would say, oh, you're not giving 100% focus. And then I said, okay, well, am I giving 100% focus? Is this distracting me? And the answer I gave to myself was no, it's not distracting me because I have, for me, I don't know if this is the same for everybody, I, I would guess not, but maybe, is um, that's that magic's light, or, that I'm working on is not something that takes mental focus. In fact, because I'm doing it repetitiously, it is purely muscle memory. When you get it to a certain level, it becomes muscle memory, just like breathing, just like my heart beating. It doesn't take any mental energy to run that. or It does, but it's in the unconscious. The subconscious mind is operating at that level, right? It doesn't take any of my my cognitive, okay, some people need to be more focused when they drive, for example. <laughs> okay, just driving, driving issues here. Um, so if, if it's that something that, so that, but that's a flow state, and that's the part of find your flow, is helping recognize how to get into flow states, how to do it quickly and easily so that you can experience more flow in your life. And whatever method that is for you is cool. It doesn't have to be the same one that's for me. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of this whole thing, right? We each are different and we each have our own ways of doing things or getting things done. And when you understand what things it is that you like and how you can use those things to get into flow for yourself, that's a very magical thing. So for me, doing these little hand 
magic things is very flow inducing. It gets me into a flow state because it reminds me, it allows the part of my mind, the monkey mind, the chattering, noisy, annoying part, it allows it to kind of shut up and go into Zen. It just goes into the silence. It goes into the motions. That's the flow state. And then the mind that is the receptive mind that's listening is completely tuned into my student. And it's magic, like literally magical, right? And yeah, and magic at the other level, whatever that one is. It's magical all the way around, friends. It's a very magical thing. I think you'll like it if you find out what that thing is for you. Maybe you already know it, but maybe you had thought of it like this. And now the more you think of it, the more you start to recognize these opportunities in your own life to experience more flow, more easily, more naturally than you ever thought possible. And to the extent that you're noticing these flowing things in your life now, you start to expand your flowingness out into the world, into every interaction you have with other human beings, into your self-talk, the things that you say to yourself, the monkey mind starts to find ways to allow you to get into more flow by giving you suggestions, by improving your own self-talk into a loving, positive, supportive self-talk that guides you naturally, effortlessly into a more flowing experience. And the easier it becomes for you to get into flow, the more you increase your flow awareness. And by increasing your flow awareness, you automatically start to attract more flowing experiences into your life now and into your future which starts to allow you to feel good in the moment because you know that more flow is on the horizon for you. So until next time, my friend, be flowing.